welcome to That One Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell E., and I will be giving you my opinions and viewpoints on all things sports, breaking news, hottest topics, and any and everything sports. I'm super excited about this being my first episode. I grew up playing sports. I have been loving sports since I was a kid. I have a passion for it. I talk sports pretty much every day with friends and family, so I figured, why not start a podcast? This first episode, I wanted to focus on the NFL Divisional Round results and preview the NFC and AFC Championship. So let's get into it. First game over the past weekend on Saturday was Jaguars at Chiefs. The Chiefs defeat the Jags 27-20. So my takeaway for the Jaguars. Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is an absolute baller. He's going to continue to get better, and he's just going to continue to make your team better. As a Jags fan, you have to be happy with what the team accomplished this year, and it's just going to be a stepping stone for what they can accomplish with years to come. The difference in this game, though, was missed opportunities. Trevor Lawrence in the second quarter with a little over two minutes left before half throws an absolute dime to Christian Kirk. That would have put them inside the 10. But what does Christian Kirk do? Unfortunately, he dropped it. That's the first big missed opportunity. Another missed opportunity was Chad Henney throwing a ball over the middle of the field that was deflected up into the air, lands right in the Jaguars players' hands, and what does he do? He dropped it. That was the second big missed opportunity because if if Christian Kirk catches that ball and gets the Jags inside the 10 with a little over two minutes to go, they probably end up scoring, and that changes the complexity of the game. And again, if the Jags linebacker hauls in that interception, changes the whole complexion of the game. So the Jags are close. They're just not there yet, but they're getting there. But I will say the biggest takeaway from that game is that the Jags have their QB1 for the next 10 to 15 years. And as an NFL fan, if you have a QB1 for your franchise, then that is a great position to be in because you can only get better from that point. And also what a lot of people aren't even talking about is that this Jags team with that offense with Trevor Lawrence, ETN, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, they add Calvin Ridley next season, who is a Pro Bowl caliber receiver that didn't play this year due to his suspension. So when they get Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence on the same page, that receiving core is going to be legit. And again, having Trevor Lawrence, he's going to give you an opportunity to be in the playoffs and have a chance to win a Super Bowl every year. And as a Jags fan, you can't ask for anything much more than that. Chiefs takeaways. Arrowhead is the loudest outdoor stadium in the world. 142.2 decimals. It's a Guinness Book of World Record. So I don't understand why people talk and say, yeah, Arrowhead is one of the loudest, if not the loudest stadium. No, 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 no. It is the loudest stadium. That's why we have the Guinness Book of World Record. 
the loudest outdoor stadium in the world. So I wish people would just essentially get it right. So obviously the biggest takeaway from this game is Patrick Mahomes gets hurt in the second quarter. And when that happened, I'm sure everyone that is a Chiefs fan like myself, I was like, no, 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 sweet baby Jesus. Please no, take my ankle. But how about Chad freaking Henny comes in. The Chiefs are backed up on their own two-yard line. Andy Reid puts him in shotgun, and he throws, first play, throws a pass to Travis Kelsey. That is amazing. And he leads the Chiefs on a 98-yard touchdown drive, which set a franchise record for longest touchdown drive in the playoffs. And he's our backup quarterback. That is a great feeling to know that if Patrick goes down, then we have a guy that can come in and get the job done. Also, Patrick, he does return because he's a warrior and ends up throwing the game-sealing pass in the back of the end zone to Marquez Valdez-Scantley. And Patrick did that on one leg. Like, let that sink in. Patrick Mahomes basically played the second half on one leg. I mean, you can't ask for anything much more than that from your quarterback to be your warrior, especially in that situation. But when you're at his level, that's just something that you do. Another takeaway from, from the Chiefs game is that rookie Jalen Watson had the essentially the one-handed pick to take the life out of the Jags. i tell you what, Jalen Watson was the same cat in week two that had the 99-yard pick six against the Chargers. He seems to come up big in big situations. And a lot of people also don't realize Jalen Watson, Trent McDuffie are just two of the five starting rookie DBs that that the Chiefs start. They're just going to get better and better. So I really look for the DBs next year to really be one of the strengths of this Chiefs team. Even though they're young, they're young, they're good. Obviously, Trent McDuffie was a first-round draft pick. Um, got hurt first game of the year, but ever since he's come back from that injury, um, he's been absolutely solid. Jalen Watson has been solid as well. Brian Cook, obviously, he gets a lot of time and starts at safety um, because the Chiefs run a lot of three safety looks. So, I mean, we have a lot of upside when it comes to the secondary because not only have they proved that they're young, but they're also good as well, and they're just going to continue to get better. And just like I was saying earlier, Patrick Mahomes, and I might be biased just because I am a Chiefs fan. Patrick Mahomes on one leg is better than, I would say, at least half to a majority of the quarterbacks in the NFL. That's just my opinion. Like, he's that dude. And he's going to win his second MVP, even though it's not official, like everyone knows he's won. So, two MVPs, a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP. Two All-Pros. I mean, he is just that dude. So final thoughts and takeaways from the Chiefs-Jags matchup. Jags are a really good young team. They have their QB1, and I just look to them to continue to be in the in the playoff hunt every year. Game two of the divisional round series had the Eagles versus the Giants at the link. The Eagles absolutely embarrassed the Giants at the link. My takeaways for the Giants, it was very disappointing 
to see that, especially after seeing Daniel Jones play his best game the week before against Minnesota. And to come out and to have that type of performance was just um, was very disappointing. Um, they couldn't do anything. They were completely stifled by the Eagles' defense. It was almost like night and day offensive-wise from playing the Eagles versus the Vikings. So, I mean, but also the next step in his progression is you have to be able to be consistent with that play, and that's what's going to get him to the next level. And the Giants' defense was just absolutely ran through like butter. I mean, granted, the Eagles do have a really good rushing game, but there was essentially almost like no resistance. So basically, the Giants lost this game is because the defense played horribly, the offense played horribly. It was just a bad game for them all around. So you like to hope that they can get it together in the offseason and maybe have a, a better performance next year. Daniel Jones, but in, in order for them to be really good, Daniel Jones is going to have to get better. He has to be consistent at playing really well, and that's what's going to help get them to the next level. My takeaway for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is a beast. And he possibly would have won the MVP if he doesn't get hurt. Because he just showed you he was that dude. He was operating that system like an absolute master. And then you had Gainwell and Sanders. They combined for over 200 yards on the ground. They averaged over seven yards a carry. Like I said, they were running through the Giants' defense like butter. The Eagles' defense completely shut down everything the Giants wanted to do. The Eagles proved why they are the one seed, without question. So, final takeaways from the Eagles versus the Giants. Eagles proved why they're the one seed, and the Giants proved that they need to continue to get better if they want to compete in the playoffs. Game number three. AFC matchup, Bengals versus the Bills. This was probably, in my opinion, the most anticipated game from this divisional playoff weekend. Don't even talk to me about Josh Allen being the best QB in football. Hell, he isn't even the best QB in the AFC. It's Mahomes, Burrow, and then everyone else. All the hype this year was being on the Bills, them being the Super Bowl favorite, him being the MVP favorite. And look what happened. They absolutely just fell apart against the Bengals. To have that type of showing at home and with DeMar, Hamlin, and his family in attendance, I honestly don't know how the Bills couldn't figure out a way to make it competitive. Allen and the offense, they never got going. And the defense was, I could not believe this. Like The defense was letting Bengals receivers run wide open. And it was just like, where are the defenders at like, they're running wide open. Bengals receivers, you can't let Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and then boys just run wild like that because they're going to absolutely slice and dice you up, and that's exactly what happened. Buffalo's going to have to take a hard look in the mirror this offseason and figure it out because it looks like your Super Bowl window is closing awfully fast because you're going to have to compete against the Chiefs and the Bengals every year. And if Josh Allen can't get over that hump, then... He could be in a situation where he might not never win a Super Bowl because his cap hit jumps way up this next year. I believe it goes up and goes up into the 40 or 50 million. And at that point, you're going to be paying Josh Allen that much. You're going to be paying 
Von Miller a ton of money, and your cap hit for Stephon Diggs goes way up as well. So, I mean, they're going to have to take a hard look in the mirror this offseason and just figure it out because this was supposed to be their year. Like, they were the Super Bowl favorite. Josh Allen was the preseason MVP favorite, and it just didn't work out. So they're going to have to they're, they're going to have to figure it out. Now, my takeaway for the Bengals, Joe Burrow is that dude. He was slinging that rock all over the yard on Buffalo. In those conditions, that's impressive. But they, but they are also used to it because they play in Ohio. But they, like I said, I mean, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and like they were running wide open. Hunter Hurst running wide open into the end zone for a touchdown. Like, you cannot let that happen in that situation, Buffalo. Like, I don't understand it. Also, it also seemed like the Bengals were hitting Josh Allen almost every single pass play. They may not, I think they only had one sack, but it seemed like, and I'm sure it wasn't every play, but it seemed like he was getting hit a lot. At the end of the day, the Bengals dominated this game from start to finish. And it was very disappointing because I thought that that was going to be a really good game and it ended up being an absolute dud. So as we move on to the first game on Sunday, this last week in the divisional round. Um, speaking of dud, uh, the 49ers beat the Cowboys 19 to 12. My takeaway for the Cowboys for this game is how about them Cowboys? I mean, you paid Dak. Big time players have to make big time plays and big time situation. And the part that I didn't understand is that Dak had his best game of his career, in my opinion, the week before. And then he comes out and plays like that? Plays like an average schmo? Is Dak ever going to get Dallas over the hump? When you get big money, you can't be given excuses. You just can't. And the Dallas defense played well enough, in my opinion, to win. They just couldn't get enough from Dak in the offense. I mean, if you think about it, the Cowboys defense held the 49ers to under 20 points in the playoffs. That's really good. They got Debo Samuel. They have George Kittle. They have Brandon Ayuk, and I know that Josh Purdy is only a rookie and has only started seven games, but he's playing really, really well. He's not playing like a rookie, and that's why San Francisco is in the position that they're in. That's why they're playing for the NFC Championship, because Brock Purdy is not playing like a rookie. Dallas, it's been 27 years since you've put in an NFC Conference Championship game. I'm just saying. And like I said, Dak just got paid a lot of money. Hopefully, he can get them over the hump. But you look at the Eagles, you look at San Francisco, that defense, who they've the same team, the 49ers. And if you look at this, Dallas is going to have to continue to compete with Philadelphia Eagles. If you're Dallas, you look, you still have to compete. And you're going to have to compete with Philadelphia. You're going to have to compete with the 49ers, who just beat you and then who also beat you in last year's playoff as well. So, I mean, Dallas is Dallas is in the same position as Buffalo. They're going to be have to be taking a long look at the mirror and try to figure out how they can try to get over the hump. My takeaway for the 49ers, Brock Purdy continues to win games. It wasn't pretty, but he found a way to win. Like I said, he is a rookie. He's not playing like a rookie. He's not making big mistakes, and he's not turning the ball over. 
George Kittle is the second best tight end in football. Plain and simple. And I do find it pretty interesting because it was almost like he was, George was from a pass catching perspective, just kind of very average this year. And then once uh, Brock Purdy got the starting position because of injuries to Jimmy G and Trey Lance, it's almost like George Kill's numbers just started to skyrocket because he really likes the tight end. When you have a tight end like George Kill, granted, I know he's probably the best blocking tight end in football. But you also have to get him out on routes because he is an absolute game changer when it comes to catching passes from his quarterback. He is a game breaker for sure. The 49ers, D-line absolutely nasty. Fred Warner, all pro. The defense is very elite, plain and simple. And that's why they were able to hold Dak to 12 points. But again, I mean, with San Francisco having Brock Purdy, like they're going to be continue to be great because they don't they're not gonna have to pay their quarterback because he's a rookie. So and and if you think about it, the 49ers might have a problem as well because now you have Brock Purdy who if he wins the NFC championship and you go to the Super Bowl, to me he solidified him being the starter for twenty twenty three. So do you keep Trey Lance or do you trade him? I mean I don't know. I I'm glad I'm not the GM. The 49ers they just played mistake-free football. And if you think about it, that was the biggest difference. Dak had two turnovers. So, I mean, in these types of games, it's normally going to be one, two, three plays that decide the game. And all of for the majority, all of these games are one-score games. So, now I'd like to switch gears to the preview for the NFC Championship game. You have the San Francisco 49ers versus the Philadelphia Eagles at the link. So, my keys for the 49ers to win this game. Brock Purdy has to step up and make some big plays because the Eagles are going to put up points. He won't be able just to not make mistakes. He will need to make some big-time plays in big-time situations. The Eagles' offense is an absolute juggernaut. 49ers' defense is elite, but Philadelphia has enough weapons to where they're going to put up points. So Brock be more than a game manager in this game. He's going to have to make some big-time throws in some big-time situations. And if he can do that, they're going to have a good shot. 49ers defensive line will need to win because if they don't, Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense will put up a big number on that scoreboard, plain and simple. If they are not getting to Jalen Hurts, the Eagles offense is going to roll. Absolutely important that, that they get to that man. Jalen Hurts. Debo Samuel and George Kittle needs to absolutely ball out. If the 49ers want to win this game, your two best offensive weapons have got to play well. Worst case scenario, George Kittle or Debo Samuel, one of them are going to have to have a great game if you want to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. My keys to winning for Philadelphia Jalen Hurts has to keep performing at that MVP level he was at before he got hurt. In my honest opinion, it's probably a lot closer between him and Pat if he doesn't get hurt. If he doesn't get hurt, if he does not get hurt and continues to put up those same numbers, he might win the MVP instead of Pat. I'm just being honest. Because if he doesn't get hurt, they probably only lose one game all year. So um it's just it's crazy to think that just missing two games, boom. Even though he was elite, he missed two games, Patrick put up some numbers, and now 
path to walk away with the MVP this year. The offensive line has to keep Jalen Hurts clean. And what I mean by that, they need to keep that elite defensive line off of their quarterback. He can't be running for his life constantly. If Jalen Hurts is running for his life in this game, to me that points to signs of the 49ers winning. My last key for Eagles to win this game in the NFC Championship the Eagles love the NFL in sacks this year, and if they can get to Purdy early in Austin, I think that they can rattle him enough to take him off his game. Because remember, he's a rookie. He's only started seven games. He is still a rookie. So if you knock him around often and early, I really do think that you can get him off his game, and he's not going to be able to he'll have a lot harder time getting it to his playmakers in Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Debo Samuel. My final thoughts on the NFC Championship preview. I think the Eagles offensive line is good enough to hold the 49ers D-line at bay, pun intended. I think Jalen Hurts makes more plays than Brock Purdy just because of the experience and the fact that he is playing at an MVP level this year. Eagles are at home. That's another advantage. So you probably know where I'm going with this. I'm predicting the Eagles over San Francisco. Now, as we look at the AFC Championship game preview, keys to winning for the Bengals. Let Joe cook with his receivers. Chase, Higgins, Boyd, tight end Hunter Hurst. If he's slinging that rock all, all over the field, then that's absolutely a great sign for the Bengals and them winning this game. The Bengals' defense, they've got to get to Patrick and make him mobile. With Patrick being having the sprained ankle this last week in the divisional series, if they can get to him early and often and make and make him go mobile, I think that is going to be very good for them and not good for Chiefs. Bengals got to win the turnover battle. I'm pretty sure last year when they played the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, they, they won the turnover battle as well. And number one thing. The Bengals need to do. Do not let Travis Kelsey beat you. If Jujushima Schuster beats you, fine. If Kadarius Tony beats you, fine. If Jarek McKinnon beats you, fine. If Pacheco beats you, fine. Do not let Travis Kelsey beat you. Okay. Last week he set an NFL record for 14 receptions in a game. If Travis Kelsey has 14 catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns. I'm telling you right now, the Chiefs win that game. So the keys to winning for the Chiefs. The DBs have got to step up and play well. Even though they are young and inexperienced, to me, even though they are rookies, because of the amount of snaps that they played and experience that they've had this season, they're no longer rookies. If the Chiefs' DBs can step up and play really well and give Jamar, Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd fits, then that points to great signs for the Chiefs in this matchup. Keep Patrick Mahomes upright, just like we just talked about. Uh, he's got an ankle sprain. Velocity has to run the better. If the offensive line, and I can probably see them using uh, extra personnel, max max protections more often in this matchup, just to make sure that they're not hitting Patrick Mahomes. Because if you think about it, one one hit to Patrick around his legs or around his ankle, and he could be out for the game. They've got to keep Patrick upright so he can slice and dice also Patrick needs to get the ball out of his hands quick to the playmakers get the ball out quick to Kadarius Tony get the ball out to Juju Smith-Schuster hopefully we don't know yet hopefully McCole Hardman plays get the ball out early to McCole Hardman and let those guys make plays and if the Chiefs 
jump out to a league like they did last year in the AFC Championship game, they have to keep their foot on the throat and go for the kill. Last year, they had a huge lead at halftime. They came out in the second half, and it was like they just short-wired. Like, they just all of a sudden, like, it was like watching two different teams. I don't know how, but they did. I think that's the only time in Patrick Mahomes' playoff career that he absolutely played horrible for a half. That cannot happen. If the Chiefs jump out to a big lead, they have got to keep their foot on the Bengals' throat because this the Bengals' offense is super explosive and you don't want to give them any any spark to get back into the game. So my final thoughts on the AFC Championship game, I believe that, and I could be wrong, but I think this is the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career that he is not the favorite in a playoff game. This game is also being played at Arrowhead. I might be a homer, but for some reason... I feel like the Chiefs' young DBs are going to step up and the Chiefs are just going to figure out a way to get this dub. I think it's going to be close. I think it's probably going to be a three-point game. But if Patrick Mahomes plays the whole game, I feel like he's just going to have that Jordan mentality where he's just going to figure out a way to win. So my prediction is the Chiefs win the AFC Championship game, and they will be playing the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. And what a what a great matchup that would be. I know from a Chiefs fan's perspective, it would be awesome to see their team obviously playing in another Super Bowl, but how cool would it be for Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, two brothers that both already have Super Bowl rings, to be playing against each other for another one. I think that would be a great storyline. Man, that's it. That's the first episode. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I truly do appreciate it. Um, The last thing I want to do is I want to give, every week on my podcast, I will give shout-outs to athletes and Athletes that are just balling out. They're going to get a shout-out. But my shout-out this week is not an athlete. It is my wife, who I wouldn't have never started this if it wasn't for her. Um, She's been a great support in, in pushing me to do this. My family, friends, and also my Uncle Craig. He was like, man, you need to start a podcast. And between that and my wife pushing me to do so, um, they get the first shout out on that one sports podcast. So appreciate you guys. Much love. Always remember, be kind to everyone because everyone is fighting a battle that you have absolutely no idea about. Hey, come back next week. I will have another episode for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you later. Peace.